One, two, three, four. Welcome to It's My Screen Time 2, the podcast where two moms review the best and worst in children's programming from Netflix reboots and YouTube shorts to Disney classics and Pixar blockbusters. We watch, you listen, find out what you can tolerate watching for family movie night, what to avoid altogether, and what you'll want to watch alone voluntarily. I'm Katie. And I'm Deborah. And I have two kids, Jay, he's five, and Kenny, he's two. And I have three kids. Tony is 11. And by the time you hear this, Libya and Nate will be eight. Oh my gosh, I can't. Every time I hear it, it's just shocking to me. Today, we are joined by Leslie Urbis, dietitian, trainer, and owner of Fit and Fabulous Family Nutrition, which works to help families lose weight and improve nutrition. Welcome, Leslie. Thank you. Leslie, tell us how many kids you have and how old they are. Uh, I have two kids. One is two and a few months, and the other one is four months. Oh, my gosh. Can you remember those days, Deborah? I can. Oh, my gosh. That's so much work. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but they're so adorable, right? So, Leslie, we like to tell a quick story about how awesome or occasionally awful our kids are, because yes, in addition to being witty and incisive pop culture consumers, we're moms, too. And I'll start. So like I said, my kids just turned, my twins just turned eight. And that apparently is the dental cutoff for if they haven't lost any teeth by the time they're eight, it could be a problem. And Nate squeaked right in there and (laughs) lost two teeth right before his birthday. So huge sigh of relief. And he looks super adorable with his toothless grin. Oh, that's so cute. So were you able to get him to sing, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth? He refused because he's not missing his top two front teeth. He's missing one on top and one on bottom. Nate, don't be such a pedant. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Leslie, how about you? Have your littles done anything cute lately? Uh, I'd probably say the cutest thing that Lily has done in the past few days was she got this little Grinch keychain thing, and last night she slept with it, and this morning at 5 a.m., when she couldn't find it, she purposely got into my room with me and kept asking me for the ninch. I need the ninch. I need the ninch. I need the ninch. I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. Let's just go potty. And I took her to the potty, and she's repeating it over and over, and when I put her in her bed, she's sitting up like... I need the ninch. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's asking me for this Grinch keychain, right? <laughs> so now I have to like search for this keychain at 5 a.m. just because I want her to go back to sleep. So the funny things, you know, like at 5 a.m., your kid's thinking, I need the Grinch. Oh, for <laughs> of sure. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just... They want to sleep with the weirdest stuff. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Well, since we're talking about food and nutrition a little bit in today's episode, I do have a food-related story about my kids. It's a short one. Last night, we were successfully able to get Jay to eat beets by telling him his pee would turn pink. It worked. It was awesome. Did it work? Like, he ate the beets and did his pee turn pink? Uh, I have not looked at his pee today because, you know, we got up, they went to school. So I haven't seen... I hope it's pink, otherwise he'll never eat beets again. 
So we'll move on to our screen time in the news segment. You can tell it's the time for New Year's resolutions. So we've been waiting to discuss. It's a bit of an older article. It's from October 26th from the New York Times by Anahad O'Connor titled, Are Kidfluencers Making Our Kids Fat? And ugh, I don't know. I don't like these parental shaming articles, which is exactly why I wanted to discuss it. So it's all about how kidfluencers, so kids who are influencers on places like Instagram and YouTube, they can get behind or get out of the way the federal regulations that govern what is allowable on regular old television channels like Nickelodeon and product placement and shows. And they can get by with kind of plugging fast food by doing like reviews and challenges and competitions and just playing with fast food related toys. Like they talk about one kid fluencer who has a really popular video that shows him pretending to be a McDonald's drive through worker. <laughs> and uh, it talks about possible legislation that would crack down on kid fluencers. And I have a lot of problems with this, with this whole issue, but I am curious, Leslie, to hear what you think, because you are a real life professional dietitian. What do you think about product placement and marketing junk food to kids? So a couple of things, you know, stand out in my mind, honestly. So a long time ago when um, I was in school, there was an actual research study done that said that if you handed a kid a rock with a Mickey Mouse on it and a kid a cupcake and told them to choose something to eat, nine times out of ten, the child chose the rock. Ah. Right? So oh, wow. just because they wanted that Mickey, okay? Um, so one of the things that stand on my head is, yes, I think that the kid influencer could really, you know, do some damage depending on how much the child idolizes that kid influencer. So that's my number one thing would be that would be, you know, is it that the kid is then influencing them to choose a certain product, but it does always stem back to like a parental guidance. So something that a lot of moms do is restrict, 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 right? You can't have that. That's too sweet. You can't have that. That's too sweet. That's too sugary. That's too whatever. Um, and the same, uh, you know, error that I was learning about all this, if you look at other research studies, they have research studies that show in particular dietitians that are actually like un, not they're healthy dietitians, but they run, you know, cupcake shops or they run a candy factory or something like that, where they're doing something with their degree from a food standpoint, but not a nutrition, mm -hmm. nutritionally sound standpoint. And those moms that raise their kids and say, okay, go ahead, eat whatever you want. You want a cupcake for breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever. Within a month or less, those kids will no longer want to binge eat on sweets or any of those kinds of things because they have, you know, like overdone it. And now they're like, okay, I don't want it as much anymore. So that those dietitians were followed for about five or six years and their kids were actually the leanest kids out of all the kids that like had been restricted foods, et cetera. So it, it kind of goes both ways. The kid influencer could be a, somebody that's totally, you know, like that Mickey Mouse is 
or it could also go the other way of is your kid just you know influenced by their peers because mm -hmm. mom says no to soda every day and then she goes over to Jackie's house or something and Jackie's mom allows her to have soda the whole time she's there so she winds up consuming you know 17 times the amount of soda in, instead does that make sense mm -hmm. yes yeah so it, it's twofold there depending on you know how the kid influencer is portrayed as well as if the mom could potentially say mom and dad of course could say something along the lines like you know trying to educate them about what that kid influencer is doing and still give them healthy options mm -hmm. so well it's heartening that it doesn't have to be all doom and gloom i love the idea that if we just overexpose our children to the one thing that we don't want them to have they'll eventually grow to not like it and i hope it would work in other aspects of life agreed, <laughs> agreed. like how many hours of paw patrol do i have to let kenny watch before he decides he doesn't want any more paw patrol <laughs> yep exactly Deborah, I know you. your kids are old enough that they're watching a little bit more YouTube in their everyday life. Do you ever look over their shoulder and find that they're watching some of these influencers that you would rather they not see? I've definitely watched YouTube content that I wish that they weren't interested in. But honestly, like junk food product placement wasn't even on my radar. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, like I bought all the Paw Patrol yogurt when <laughs> Libby was super into Paw Patrol. And I even remember one time I was putting it in my cart and she was like super happy. And then this mean old lady like walked by the cart and was like, you know what you're doing, right? That is awful. Yeah. Oh, I hate that woman on your behalf. But I don't, I just don't. I don't think that YouTube is the problem here. I think that it's big agriculture <laughs> and the companies that pay to have sugary cereal and pay to have Mickey Mouse placed on their products. I don't think that we should go after the kid influencers here. I think we should go after the big food companies. I think YouTube would definitely agree with that statement. Their response to the author's question for comment was just hilarious. Like, look, dude, we follow all the laws. <laughs> They're clearly not interested in fixing this problem in any way. So as usual with YouTube, we're on our own. Deborah, do you have any follow-up from our last episode? Did you find any new content to get you through the holidays with your kids? So Jeremy, that's my husband, he read the original Dickens Christmas Carol to my kids. And so then we watched every version of a Christmas Carol that we could, like the Donald Duck McScrooge one mm -hmm. from early 1980s Disney. Uh, we streamed a play from a local theater. I wanted to watch Scrooge, but Jeremy said that wasn't appropriate. Buzzkill. Which one was the best? Well, I would say the Dickens original because I always like the book better, but I think my kids liked the Mickey Mouse one. How about you, Katie? The kids don't really seem to care that it's Christmas, so I don't know why we bother. Like, we could just be watching the same old stuff. Leslie, did you watch any good new Christmas content this year? So my daughter is obsessed with Mickey. I think we've watched Mickey's Christmas, the, the Once Upon a Christmas 1 and 2, but just the parts with Mickey and Minnie probably 97 times a day. Not really, <laughs> but it feels that way. I could probably repeat every word. Um, 
But we also started watching the, I guess, the Dr. Seuss one that came out a couple of years ago that was the cartoon version mm-hmm. um, updated with, like, the good music. I like I like those because, you know, they're geared towards us, too. So, like, you get the joke, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, we haven't been able to gander too far because within the first, you know, five or six minutes, it's, I want to watch Mickey. I want to watch <laughs> Mickey. So... I just kind of give in because, you know, at that point, it's like, okay, how many times do I need to hear the word Mickey in a sentence? Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kenny is also deep in the throes of a Mickey obsession, so I totally feel you with that one. <laughs> yeah. Today, we are talking about the new ABC reboot of Supermarket Sweep, which is an ABC competition show that is hosted by comedian Leslie Jones. It's a reboot of a show that originally aired on ABC from 1965 to 1967, but I think we probably remember it best from its 90s iteration. That's definitely where I was first exposed to it. So the episodes come in at 42 minutes each, so it's a whole hour-long show. And in each episode... Three teams of two race through a supermarket to fill their carts and win cash. We picked it because we knew we were going to be talking to Leslie today and we wanted to stick with the food theme. We also rarely get to cover shows that are specifically made for the whole family, not just kids. So it's always exciting when we find one. I know that Deborah in particular is a really big fan of Leslie Jones, and she she has been cast more than once in our HBO reboot segments. <laughs> I just love her so much. <laughs> and at least I fondly remember the 90s version. So I was excited to see the reboot and see what they've done. So we watched three episodes to review, the first episode called Give Me the Roses, Richard, the third episode called Why You Ain't Get More Than One Turkey. That was a weird intonation I just used. Okay, I'm going with it. <laughs> and the sixth episode, Ring them Up and Check them Out. Usually we challenge ourselves to summarize each episode in just one sentence and then we move on to our general thoughts, but since the structure of every episode is so similar... Let me just really briefly take you through what each episode looks like, and then we'll move right on to our general thoughts. So like I said, three teams of two compete in grocery-related trivia games, like identifying brands from only pieces of their logos or unscrambling food anagrams, yada, 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 to get... So they get time to race through a supermarket and they fill their carts with items worth the maximum amount of money. And whoever's cart is worth the most gets a chance to win $100,000 by following clues to various grocery items. I feel like I just made that concept way more complicated than it is. But all right, let's get down to brass tacks. Did we like it? Leslie? The show overall as a whole, I thought was entertaining. Would, after three episodes of watching it, I watch again? No. (laughs) (laughs) Deborah, I really enjoyed it. I think, one, because it's nostalgic for me because I remember watching Supermarket Sweep. That was like a show that was on when I was homesick by myself as a kid. And so it totally brought me back to the 90s. And I just am such a big fan of Leslie Jones. I would probably watch her do anything. Mm Mm-hmm. So I really liked it. So I wrote on the doc, is this another example of how we've become inured to American consumerism? Because I thought it was going to get me all angry about these people buying things and like accumulating stuff. 
but it it didn't. I was like totally there for it. I felt like the concept was so attainable that I was with them at every moment saying, yeah, I think I could do this. I could totally be on this show. So I didn't find that it made me overly angry about the sheer amount of stuff. How about you guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you on the so the first episode that we watched, I think, was one of the my favorite ones out of all three of them that we watched. I think with the two women that won the first one, when they were like, okay, 25000 is a lot of dollars for diapers. I was like, okay, we can all really correlate to that. <laughs> and then when they stopped at $50,000 to be the responsible adults, I was like, okay, then you each get 25000 I can handle that, you know. That's like potentially somebody's part-time salary. So at that point, I was like, yeah, I mean... I could totally go for something like that. And I was, you know, guessing along with them as it was like, here's your clue, fill in the blank. And I would say I I probably got like a 95%. So I was with you like, I could do this show. I could win this money for sure. So yeah, attainability is so attractive as a viewer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All the quizzes like were really pretty easy. Even if you're not a regular mainstream grocery store shopper, I haven't personally been inside a grocery store in a while because (laughs) since COVID we've been getting groceries delivered and I was still able to make those uh, limerick or (laughs) rhyme challenges and I could solve those. Yeah as long as you're able to make basic rhymes it seems like the show would be very doable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you think at all or notice at all that they were pushing certain foods or that they had any sort of dietary agenda? I know that there were certain moments where they gave away extra money and they were clearly sponsored by specific brands. I mean, that's clearly how a show like this gets made. Like, it's all sponsorship money, right? Yeah. And it wasn't even food. It was like there was one that was an energizer bunny. Right. I noticed that one, but then I noticed Green Giant too, which I guess I didn't have too much of a problem with Green Giant focusing on itself. It wasn't like Oreos. Deborah, not having been in a supermarket for very long, did you wish you were there running through those aisles or did it just make you anxious? So much, (laughs) so much. I mean, grocery, like I love to meal plan and I love to cook. I mean, I feel like I spend about, 70% 70% of my day thinking about what I'm going to eat next. <laughs> <laughs> and so going to the grocery store is just like a regular pleasure. So I'm deprived of that. It's not the same to click and add things to my online cart as it is to like have the serendipitous walkthrough of the grocery store and find things that I can add to our menu. Exactly. Leslie, how did you feel? Did you want to be in that grocery store? Uh, only because it was so spread out. There was so much space and it was very nice and clean and like everything was where it should be. You know, I just, I liked that aspect of it. I was like, those aisles are huge. To be able to walk down that big of an aisle would be awesome. So in that aspect, yeah. Do you think they had to do that as part of production? Because this is clearly a COVID production, right? Yeah, because the, like the sound techs are wearing face shields and face masks, Mm. even though the contestants and the host are not. That's true, but they were all more than six feet away, so maybe you're right. Maybe that's why the aisles were so big. I took it as with people running, if they had to make a sharp turn and they fell, they'd sue. That's what I took. Oh, yeah. Good point. Uh, So what would your strategy be if you were on Supermarket Sweep? What were the big items that you would go for? I thought that the produce section was underutilized. Agreed. 
they hardly ever went to the produce section unless that was on one of like Leslie's personal shopping lists. Mm -hmm. Leslie Mm -hmm. Jones, the host, not you. (laughs) 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 But sometimes like star fruit. Well, and I'm in Minnesota, like that's really expensive here. Mm -hmm. I feel like you could load up with some fancy tropical produce instead of they all go for like the heavy meats and then their carts are hard to push and they waste time getting the cart back to the finish line. That would be my strategy. Yeah, they definitely didn't follow the like classic grocery store advice of like stick to the exterior when you're shopping and avoid those center aisles. I feel like just like it's a recipe for a healthy diet, it's also a recipe for a larger grocery bill, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Leslie? What, what would you go for first? I, I was probably going to say that I'd probably like to, um, you know, fill up with the produce. I definitely would look for one of those um, inflatables um, mm-hmm. pretty much as soon as I could as well. Um, and then the other thing I'd do is go to the supplement aisle if they had that because yes. supplements are light and super expensive. Mm-hmm. So. All those That's vitamins. That's a good one. Also the razors. Come on, guys. Get with it. Oh, yeah. Razor. <laughs> yeah, razors are maddeningly expensive. They are. Yeah. <laughs> And like nuts and dried fruit. Oh, yeah. Because dried fruit is really (laughs) a lot of money per ounce. Mm -hmm. All right. So what did we think about the structure of the show? Like I said, an hour long show, two chunks. So you got two different sets of three teams. And listeners, you can't see my face right now, but I was not here for it. Like chop that business in half. It was way too long for my tastes. How about you guys? I totally agree. At, when they were like, oh, we're coming back again with another team. I was like, really? Isn't it over? Yes. Like, time for the next episode? <laughs> okay, here we go again. Deborah, were you just so taken with it? You were like, I would take six segments in a row. It's fine. I didn't have a problem with the length, but I was also watching on our, like our cable app and so it didn't have commercials oh, okay so it seemed like a good length to me also I don't have a lot going on right now <laughs> <so>. <laughs> again I because I did watch the 90s version that was only a half an hour I don't understand why they had to expand it so here's the moment Deborah. tell us what you thought of Leslie Jones as a host she's just so delightful and has such charisma and great energy and she's just one of those personalities that I think she makes people feel comfortable with themselves Mm -hmm. so I thought she was a great pick for this show but really I could see her hosting any number of shows or events I thought she was great how about you Leslie did you have any thoughts on Leslie Jones no yeah I really liked her um so I was never exposed to her before this which may be funny to you Deborah since you like her so much um but I, at first I was like, who is this person? But then as she started to like rattle jokes or say things, I was like, this is funny. I, my favorite was when she was like, I need these three things for the bath. And she was like, and don't judge me. This is for me. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, that's really funny because of the three random things that she asked for. So um, I was entertained by her. I think that she kept the show as something that I would go back to, you know, because the, the contestants change every time, you know, you can't really go for that. So the host really makes it. And I think that she really made it you know, enjoyable to want to go back to watch. Yeah, I mostly like her from seeing her on Saturday Night Live. And I think that's the beauty of having an improv theater background is that you can just roll with uh-huh. anything. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
I really loved her interaction with Neil, the security guard. I thought that was hilarious. Neil would pop in at the beginning of every episode to just say something ridiculous. Leslie says, Neil, what do I always say? And he always comes back with something crazy like, Neil, why are you wearing yoga pants? And I was just so tickled by that. Yeah, that was a cute bit. Okay, how about the competitors? Were any of them able to even stand out in their short 15-minute segments? Leslie, you already mentioned the moms that won like the first round in the first show. There were another pair of moms who were mom bloggers. And I don't remember if it was episode three or episode six, but I just loved them. Like that was a everybody in that episode was going so hard during the sweep. Like they ran their carts into one another. They fell <laughs> down. It was like they were there to win it and then those moms won and they were so relatable <laughs> more for me more relatable than because the two moms that won in the first episode they were like really tall and blonde and pretty and put together mm-hmm. and then the other I don't know these other two mom bloggers they were just more real to me agreed agreed definitely um how about in the first episode there was It was the very first group of teams that we met. There was a team of two straight dudes who, like, just couldn't get it together. And I felt like, (laughs) oh, is this show finally going to delve into the essential truth that men don't understand how to grocery shop? And I know that is so reductive and not always true. But come on, how many times do you go into the grocery store and see, like, a clueless-looking man with a list in his hand just, like, looking so lost? I mean, it's sweet when they're old men, but when they're my age, I just want to, like, run my cart into their ankles. Yeah, I thought those two guys were almost, were, like, fake. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. At first, I didn't know if they were a couple or not, and then they kept calling each other friends, and I was like, one of them should have invited a girl type of friend to do this, so. It would be nice if this show could be a teaching tool. Let's, uh, let's bring some grocery knowledge to the men, introduce a little parody any other contestants that stood out? There was one married couple, and um, I don't remember their names. I'm sorry, but it was Chris and Sarah. And Chris was transgender, and I don't think we see a lot of that on regular old network television. And I thought that was a great way. It was like a adding diversity, and it was not at all about that person being transgender. They were just trying to put all the ham hocks in their (laughs) cart and win all the grocery money. Yes. And since you bring that up, there was like a good amount of diversity among the competitors. It certainly seemed. Agreed. Everybody has to go to the grocery store. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) Apropos of nothing, I did kind of love the twist on the old show, which had everyone wearing matching sweatshirts, where the teams in this show got to pick matching sweatshirts that were like somehow redesigned to look a little bit cuter than real sweatshirts I thought that was that was adorable yeah there were some creative sweatshirt fashion choices (laughs) (laughs) the other thing I liked that they did was every episode they would do a shout out to an actual grocery store employee to highlight the essential workers and I thought that was really nice I actually thought that that made the show a little bit more 
like relatable and exciting. I figured everybody that works in a grocery store will watch it just to see if they can be on it, you know? So we always try and compare the shows we watch to a show that is made for grown-ups, Leslie. This is a little harder because it is kind of made for people of all ages. So, you know, interpret however you would like. Deborah, were you able to compare this to any show made for grown-ups? This is a hard one because I don't watch a lot of game shows Mm -hmm. or shows like this. I mean, the only thing I could come up with was like, top chef yeah i thought it's the same thing flash competitions they would do at the beginning of top chef do you ever watch a competition reality show and come away from it thinking rather absurdly that you could do the thing that they're doing this happens every time yeah this happens to me with the great (laughs) british baking show i'm like oh yeah i could totally whip up that insanely complicated cake that they just made it is never true But in this case, it was true, and it was such a feel-good moment. (laughs) Leslie, how about you? Did you think of any grown-up TV shows you would compare this to? No, yeah, I mean, I had thought about it, um, but I'll be honest, I don't watch a lot of TV. Like, if our TV is on, it's for, like, you know, the 40 minutes a day I allow my kid to watch TV or something. But I personally, like, the last TV show that I watched actually live on TV was criminal minds and I stopped watching that a long time ago and I'm like this definitely does not compare to criminal minds so (laughs) although that would be a fascinating mashup wouldn't it (laughs) criminal minds meets supermarket sweep also Leslie you are such a new mom 40 minutes a day that's so sweet (laughs) I know right well it's more so because I don't watch tv it has nothing to do with her it's just because I don't watch tv so when it's on and it's the same show over and over, I lose my mind. So it has to. I'm like, okay, new task. Let's figure out something else because mom's going to lose her mind if the song plays again. So, yeah. How about casting our gritty HBO reboot? Deborah, were you able to cast anyone that you'd like to see in a grittier version of Supermarket Sweep? Okay, this is a little bit, uh, what's the expression, inside baseball? I love it. So I would keep Leslie Jones because I love her so much. And then I would have the contestants all be podcast co-host duos that we love, like Jack O'Brien and Miles Gray from The Daily Zeitgeist, Gene Demby and Shereen Marisol Meraji from Code Switch. Uh, I really like By the Book podcast with Jolanta Greenberg and Kristen Meinzer. Katie, I think you and I could be on there. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I love it. It's like people who are good at interacting in a certain way, being forced to interact and cooperate in a totally different way. Oh, my gosh. I can see some fights breaking out. (laughs) I like it. Leslie, how about you? Is there anyone you would like to see compete on Supermarket Sweep? I I did think that it would be good to do like a celebrity version of it, Mm -hmm. but like not celebrities that are friends, celebrities that were like in shows together, like all the cast of Friends and they would have to, you know, divvy up two, two and two and like the cast of the Big Bang Theory, two, two and two, because in those shows, food is so prevalent in everything that they do and it's strategically placed there too. I would love to see how that, you know, would play out in like a supermarket suite, maybe even do some like, like a random takeout aisle or something like you know, your favorite takeout foods come to the grocery store or something and see how that would play out. So that would be so fun. I would love to see Courtney Cox who, because Monica was supposed to be a caterer, right? Yeah. I love the idea that she would be totally clueless in an actual grocery store. Uh, Well, I also went the celebrity route, so we must have been on the same page, but I want celebrities that famously do not like each other. 
Like, I want <laughs> Jay Leno and Conan O'Brien to have to be on a team together. I want Vin Diesel and The Rock to have to be on a team together. I want Lauren Graham and Scott Patterson from Gilmore Girls to have to be on a team together. And just for funsies, I want Kim Kardashian and Kanye West to run through the grocery store. I think that would be fun. (laughs) Those are my team picks. Leslie Jones, get out your Rolodex. I know you can make it happen. (laughs) So do you think it was better when we were kids? Leslie, did you watch the original Supermarket Sweep? I did not. You know, I have nothing but fond memories of it. I think this is just as good, though. Except for the length. I would agree with you. That's the only way I would say not as good. But the theme song, oh my gosh, the new theme song at the beginning, they use Salt and Peppa's Push It. It's good. I have never heard a more perfect use of that song. (laughs) Uh, Leslie, would you ever watch this alone voluntarily? I would say no. (laughs) I I knew you were going there. Deborah? I would not. I would. I would definitely watch this alone voluntarily. I guess I would too if it was out in the background and I was doing something else, but I don't think I will ever sit down again and watch three episodes in a row by myself like I did for this podcast. (laughs) So do you think it's good for our kids? I don't know that it would be bad for them because just like kind of like I said, the more you idolize a certain food, the more likely they are going to be to think that that's a good food and that that's rewarding and stuff like that. So as long as, you know, from my perspective, I'm doing that, I don't think it would harm my kid to watch it. If anything, they might be able to grocery shop better than their dad. So they could go to the store with dad to grocery shop, right? (laughs) You have to be careful, though, that they don't grab their carts and just start racing all over the place. (laughs) That's true. That's true. How about you, Deborah? What do you think? Um, I did watch this with my kids and they loved it. There were a few, like innuendo jokes mm-hmm. that like maybe the cashier want to watch it with my kids yeah the recurring role of the cashier that always said something that was on the surface very benign but was actually a sex joke yes yeah i like my cart stacked yeah <laughs> yeah agreed but i can see my kids getting into any sort of show that involves racing around so there are definitely things i would object to watching with them more All right, this is where the money hits the road. Money? No, that's not the saying. What is it? This is where we lay our cards on the table. Let's go with that one. Ratings. So Leslie, our rating scale goes from one to five, one being the worst and five being the best. How would you rate Supermarket Sweep? I'd say a three. Entertaining enough that if, you know, you kind of wanted just something to tune out but be able to laugh to, You'd like it, but you'd have to be into food or groceries or have that desire, right? So I get it. Everybody grocery shops, so we should all be that way. But kind of like how you said, Deborah, so many people are not grocery shopping anymore, right? And everybody else is doing it for them. So I don't think that, you know, them watching this, they'd get any enjoyment out of it. They'd be like, this is a dumb show. So (laughs) that's why I give it a three. I'm with you. Middle of the road, three entertaining nothing that I think I would seek out on its own Deborah, how about you I would give it a four and a half I enjoyed it you just really miss grocery stores I miss grocery stores oh yeah. someday someday 
Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time 2. Thank you again to Leslie Urbas for joining us today. Can you tell our listeners where to find you and learn more about Fit and Fabulous Family Nutrition? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, I'm on Facebook um, as Leslie Fiala Urbas. There's just a, another name in there because that's my maiden name. But I am on Instagram as well. Um, it's Fit Fam Nutrition. Um, so you can find me there as well. But I, I prefer to hang out on Facebook. I run a group too called Women Who Eat and Lose Weight, which is really just my way of saying that my, the biggest person that I want to help is that mom or that woman that's really struggling with um, their diet and the fact that, you know, they have to tell their kid, I can't eat that because mom's on a diet or things along those lines. And I like for people to remove the good and bad from foods and just eat. Um, so that's really what the group is all about. It's just that, you know, we eat and we achieve our goals. Um, you know, feeling more confident in ourselves and all that good stuff where we're not afraid to look in the mirror. We're not afraid to put on the jeans. We're not afraid to go out on a Friday night with our husband because we have to dress up. Um, so I like to remove all those barriers. So those are the top things. And then I do have my uh, website, fitfabnutrition.com. So they can check me out on any of those things if you would like to. Um, I do a free initial assessment for anybody that ever wants to, you know, just know something and get some sort of nutrition um, information. And that is, you know, from a registered dietitian and a personal trainer and not just follow keto here kind of thing. Well, I think those messages are all ones that we can afford to hear right now. And it's really helpful to think about that way. Well, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can check out our website at myscreentime2.com. You can find us on Facebook to continue the conversation at facebook.com slash myscreentime2. That's also where you'll find out what you're covering in our next episode if you want to watch along with us. You can tweet us with show or movie suggestions, article recommendations, or general comments at, at myscreentime2 and email us at myscreentime2 at gmail.com. Bye. Oh, don't forget, our theme music was composed and performed by Deborah and her adorable oh, I children. Have another page. <laughs> <laughs> I've said this a lot of times, sorry. And our podcast is produced by Katie. Tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. <laughs> Bye. My screen time too.